Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody. We got a lot to get to on the podcast today. SMU coming off of its bye week for football with Navy up next, a road matchup on Saturday, 2.30 Central on CBS Sports Network. A big, big game, of course, for SMU ahead. We're going to talk a little bit more about that later in the week, though, as we'll preview that game. Sonny Dykes and Kylan Granson met with the media on Monday night, and really just kind of your your run-of-the-mill uh, media availability there. there. There really wasn't too much newsy stuff to come out of that, to be honest. Reggie Robertson still going to be out for SMU. Myron Galliard looking like he's going to return. And and Armani Johnson looking a little bit better to play against Navy as well. So that was kind of your your really your your three injury updates, I would say, that that everybody would be wondering about. But we've got a lot to get to with SMU basketball getting a big road win over Evansville on Monday night. And then some recruiting updates. So we're going to dive right in. I'm Billy Ambody. Thanks for listening to the Pony Stampede podcast. Quick reminder to subscribe to the podcast. Check us out. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. And with the final bye week of the season, now in the rearview mirror, we're going to have a lot of podcast content coming up for you guys. I'm really excited about this week. Got a couple of interviews lined up with some people that I think you guys will enjoy hearing from on the podcast. So definitely check us out and, and make sure you guys are, are tuned in and, and subscribe for that to come. SMU goes into Evansville and gets a tough, tough win, 59-57 over Evansville, the Purple Aces. Really, on a night that, uh, as Tim Jankovic said in his post-game press conference or, or uh, sit down with, with, with Rich Phillips after the game, he was freezing cold in the, in the shoot-around uh, on, on Sunday um, or Monday, Monday morning. They were, they were cold and uh, because it is a hockey arena up there, I guess, in, in Evansville. And the team came out cold shooting. Both teams shot under 38% from the field. SMU ended up just using some grit down the stretch. As Tim Jankovic put it, they were able to to get some key stops, and when when you know the shots weren't falling and and things weren't looking that great at times with with that pretty impressive crowd for Evansville behind them, SMU was able to just get a couple key stops and and get the win to move to four and zero. SMU used really a dominant performance on the boards, 47-25, the rebounding edge for SMU. They grabbed seventeen offensive boards. They converted those into 16 second chance points while Evansville was only able to get three on the evening and look that that second chance point says it all because on a night when you're not shooting well that's that's the difference and that's how you were able to win and now granted there's still a lot of things to come out of this game that have to concern you if you're an SMU fan 18 turnovers to 11 against Evansville and Tim Jankovic said it with the defense that Evansville plays that just that, that number just doesn't make sense. You should not be having that many turnovers. SMU has called for quite a few uh, charges on the night. And so they've got some things to clean up just in terms of decision-making. Decision I think while Tyson Jolly was excellent in the second half once he got out of foul trouble, C.J. White had had a few uh, few turnovers, few issues um, there for him. And, and um, you know, I, I think it, it's something where they're still adjusting. To, to kind of find their identity as as an offense and who's kind of going to run the point or what have you, but I, I think there there are some issues with this team offensively right now, just the way things are going. They they they're not shooting the ball well from beyond the arc. Five for twenty one on the night, just really really rough 
there for SMU. But they overcame a lot of things in this game. I mean, Tyson Jolly and Isaiah Mike were both in foul trouble. And, you know, for, for C.J. White to at least contribute the way he did offensively, three of six from the field, grabbed six rebounds, had two assists. I, I just, you know, when you go on the road and you play a team that beat the, the number one team in the country just last week, there's going to be some things you're going to have to overcome because you're playing a pretty good basketball team. And Evansville is going to be pretty good. I mean, they are going to be good this year in the Valley. So um, for, for SMU, they've got some things to clean up, but they go ahead and they get out with a road win ahead of their game against UNLV. That's up next for the Mustangs, and, and they're, they're, they've got some work to do. And, and I don't think it's any secret that, one, as I think we get closer to at least hearing what the ruling will be on Kendrick Davis, on Darius McNeil, the two transfers applying for waivers with the NCAA to play right, right away, it's, it is, uh, it's dicey, I think, when you, when you talk about looking ahead to conference play, certainly, and seeing where they're going to end up in that. Because right now, the offense, the flow, just it's just not there right now. I mean, you talk about scoring 59 points on the road. And, and yes, you shot 37% from the field. And that's going to tell a lot of the story. But you know, this team just doesn't have that facilitator right now, point guard. And, and, and it's an issue. Only seven, I believe, assists on the night. And again, they they shot. They had seven assists on twenty one or twenty two made baskets. So I mean, you've got a low number of, of makes there, but it's just not something that's that's showing just great ball movement. So that's a concern for me. But overall, I think this team is starting to play harder than it did last year, and and that I think has a lot to do with Tyson Jolly. I think he sets the tone for this team right now with Kendrick Davis and Darius McNeil out, and. When they get Isaiah Jassy back, or when they when they get him for the first time, uh, when uh, exams are over, that'll be critical as well. He's somebody that that's got a physical edge. Ethan Shagwa had a nice night coming back. There were some moments when I think one there was a there was a foul called on Evansville. I want to say relatively late in the game, and I thought for sure that Ethan had traveled, but four turnovers on the night for him. He did shoot. 5 of 11 from the field, and that kind of helped pick up the pace with Isaiah Mike going just 4 for 12 from the field. But he kind of did bounce back as he entered the starting lineup again for the first time. So that was somewhat of a positive for SMU to see him come with that offensive edge. He was 2 for 5 from 3. He only grabbed 3 rebounds, but look, 15 points. On an, on an efficient night shooting the ball, I thought was just fine for 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 Ethan to, as he kind of finds his way this year. He's he's certainly got a long way to go in terms of what they're looking for from him consistency wise and and doing all the little things. But you shoot forty five percent from the field that that'll that'll get it done on on most nights. Fran Hunt was outstanding, four of eight from the field, eleven rebounds and. Uh, had nine points, so he's just short of a double-double there for Ferran. Isaiah Mike was critical on the boards, had 13 rebounds, led the Mustangs in that regard. But overall, I I think you got to respect going in there, getting a win against a team that has a lot of confidence, a lot of things going right for itself, obviously, and you kind of grind it out. I 
I thought as as they, I think they cut it to one. I think at some point I said, "Here it is. Here's you 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 don't you've seen this kind of unfold in the in the past with with SMU teams, but Tyson Jolly takes the ball, takes a shot, misses it, and then Evansville gets going the other way, and Tyson Jolly gets back and takes a charge SMU ball, and then I think they hit a three, and the game was basically over at that point. It got close as Evansville kind of cut it to a two or one point lead late, but it was, uh, it, the game was basically over. I think there was like 30 seconds left. So that's kind of the grit that Tim Jankovic was talking about. And, and just overall, you're going to need that at times and you're going to need it again on, on Saturday night, a late one in Vegas for, for SMU at it, nine thirty central time on stadium. So get yourselves ready for that one in terms of how you're going to watch it, how you're going to tune in. 9.30 Central Time. My goodness. So SMU is going to tip off against UNLV. Again, 9.30 Central. Watch your college football. SMU is going to play at 2.30 against Navy on CBS Sportsnet. Got to take yourself a nap, wake back up, and catch some late night, uh, not Pac-12 after dark, but some SMU basketball after dark. And we'll be, of course, covering both SMU-Navy and SMU-UNLV later on, on on Saturday as that's the next game up for SMU, another road game for the Mustangs. So with that, guys, that's going to do it for the basketball talk. Again, SMU still waiting on Kendrick Davis, Darius McNeil for those waivers. I think they're closer to at least a decision on Kendrick Davis. I think Darius McNeil is a little bit farther out than Kendrick's, Kendrick Davis's is. I don't have a great feel on, on Kendrick's right now. There's a lot of back and forth between SMU and the NCAA as far as where things stand. And, and some final clarifications before a ruling gets handed down. There's some positivity, but there's also some concern, of course, in, in, as it's taken so long. So with that, guys, I'm going to wrap up the basketball talk. On the other side of this break, we're going to catch you up on some recruiting news for the, for the Mustangs with SMU football making a top six of a key junior college prospect, and then uh, a couple new offers go out as, as SMU coaches hit the trail recruiting this weekend and, and, and saw some pretty good talent. So we'll be right back with the Pony Stampede podcast on the other side of this quick break. Welcome back to the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening. Quick reminder, guys, for just a dollar, you can get your first month of Pony Stampede covered. So VIP subscription to Pony Stampede, just a buck. So sign up today. Check it out. We, we're at an all-time high of subscribers. We just keep rolling. It seems like we pick up a few every day. So it's been a really, really nice run for us at, at Pony Stampede. Be sure to check us out and get a lot of the VIP recruiting content you're going to want down the stretch. SMU's got 10 commitments in the in the 2020 recruiting class right now. They've got a lot of targets out there, a lot of different ways this thing can go. And then, of course, we'll have to keep you guys up to date on the transfer portal as as that begins to once again become a thing for the coaching staff as look they'll get one more in-season visit weekend with with Tulane to cap things off so you'll want to hear about you know who makes it in for that game and then they'll bring in a slew of official visitors I mean the junior college prospects they have out there they're going to want to get on campus and so they're going to have those weekends to to kind of you know go through that and here's the thing I mean it is going to be interesting if they make the AAC title game because that gives them only potentially one weekend in December to host people, December 13th. And they'll have to kind of get creative with some of these junior college guys. But in terms of high school prospects, that really gives them only one weekend. And 
a lot of these guys sometimes playing in the playoffs or what have you, and, and it gets difficult. So anyway, we're going to jump in. Jacorian Bennett, junior college cornerback, one of SMU's really early targets on the on the corner uh, front and on the junior college front. SMU is one of the first schools to really jump back in there with him. He was coming off of a, an ACL injury last year, has been outstanding this year, and and was back to full strength really this summer. He included SMU in his top six, along with Louisville, Maryland, Miami, Oklahoma, and Ole Miss. So SMU lands as the only group of five school in there. He took his official visit back in July. For me, when I look at this, he's got official visits set up to Oklahoma and Maryland. He's going to catch Oklahoma TCU later on this fall, and then he's going to Maryland in December. For me, and SMU is recruiting a few guys out of Hutch, so that could play a role as well. But for me, I think SMU's in it. They're 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 in a decent spot. He's maintained that he's enjoyed watching this team this year. He's paid attention. He was you know, very positive when I talked to him after the TCU game. But he has picked up a lot of Power Five offers. He's certainly somebody that's getting a, a ton of attention right now. He's had an outstanding uh, sophomore year at Hutch, and and so a lot of the a lot of the big boys are are certainly circling for for Jacorian Bennett. He's a he's a high a strong three star on twenty four seven. I think he can be bumped up a little bit after the season he had. He's the number nine overall cornerback in the country in the junior college ranks. So SMU's in a battle there. Certainly not going to sit here and say, look, they're the favorite, but they are in it. That is a key target for them, and and one that if they get that that really solidifies your corner spot for the foreseeable future. Over the weekend, SMU. Or, or right before the weekend, SMU went in and, and offered two junior college defensive linemen, Junior Aho and De, uh, Devere Levelston. I'm going to start with, with Levelston because he's a former DeSoto standout. He was a full qualifier out of high school. He's now at Tyler Tyler Junior College, where SMU has one of their key key targets in in um, Dimitri Jordan, an offensive lineman there, and they've they've certainly had some success and they do have some good relationships over there at Tyler and so they go ahead and they offered Devere and for me I really like this offer 6'4 about 250 or so and he's been pretty disruptive you know this year he, he went to Tyler looking to get some more exposure after playing at DeSoto and he was on campus on Thursday for an unofficial visit checking things out and I think that stood out to him he got offered in person by Randall Joyner and Sonny Dykes and so he really enjoyed his time on, on SMU's campus. I think anytime you see the success that somebody like James Prochet is having on campus, that, that's going to stand out to you, somebody that went to your high school. So the the defensive line front for, for SMU and the junior college ranks can go a lot of different ways. And But I do know, obviously, that they're, they're prioritizing it. They've got somebody like Devin Drew out there, who they've been on for a long, long time. Uh, Latrell Bankston is out there. Ron Tatum is out there. And and now they go ahead and they offer Levelston and they offer Ajo. So on Ajo's end, he's more of a, look, he, he's been playing football for, for just a little bit of time. He came over from Nice, France. He's, he's really, I mean, a, a really incredible story. So he's French, obviously comes over to the United States, has has played at uh, for, for just one year. Over, over in New Mexico Military Institute. So he's over there right now. He's had a decently productive senior or a freshman year. He's a four for three guy, which stands out, I think, to the staff. 
but he's another one of those quick defensive tackles that can play for for SMU at this level. They can move him around, use him at defensive tackle. They could go strong side defensive end with him. And and so look, I I like the fact that SMU is prioritizing the junior college prospects. They're getting in on a couple late here who both by the way have power 5 options and certainly have have uh, other places that they'll visit, other places that they'll go. But overall, I, I really like what, they, what they're doing on the junior college front. And that's not to mention a, another offer that went out late uh, last week to outside linebacker from Independence, Jamoy Hodge. He's somebody that has Arizona, Nebraska, uh, obviously SMU, Western Kentucky, a few others. And he's somebody that frankly told me straight up, he said, look, I, I don't care what level I go to. I want to play. I want to play early. And, and, and go somewhere I can contribute. And look, the 24-7 sports crystal ball is on, on Nebraska. And, and that just got put in uh, by Steve Wiltfong in November. So I think you know, maybe he's found that fit kind of fresh off his official visit. But he's got another one lined up to Arizona this coming weekend. So he'll check out the Wildcats. He did tell me he wants to make it to SMU either the last weekend. For, so for that Tulane game or in December, he'll check it out. A lot of these junior college guys are, are certainly getting closer, some, some of them are, to decisions. But some are going to take it all the way to that early signing period for the JUCO guys. And you know, JUCOs are, are just so different the way you can recruit them because you can make up a lot of ground because you can see them a lot more. That kind of month of December, got, the coaches can go out and, and, and you know, check on them in multiple visits and things like that. And so it's a lot easier to kind of make up ground. So they can, you know, Kevin Kane offered Jamoy Hodge. And, and Randall Joyner would probably be the one to potentially you know, coach him at, at, the, at, at SMU. And so just the way they see him coming off the edge and doing things like that. So it, it, it's somewhere that you can kind of keep adding you know, positive vibes late in the process. And, and maybe you overcome it and, and get a commitment from, from somebody that you, know, you might, might have to beat out some of the big boys. So that's kind of your junior college update on SMU for the most part. And last week, you can kind of check in on a lot of the other top targets um, on the Pony Stampede board. We, we dropped like a full VIP breakdown of some of the guys that they had already been on, where things stand, kind of you know, what to expect. Um, but SMU is also dishing out some offers on the 2021 front at, at running back. And, and two really productive ones, Monte Dawson out of Mansfield Timberview, and then Logan Diggs, uh, right down the road, actually, uh, from from me in 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 New Orleans with with Logan Diggs, uh, out of Archbishop Rummel in 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 Metairie, so just just near New Orleans um, area, and somebody that's let's start with Diggs. So I've seen I've seen Diggs play, uh, seen him in person, just impressive impressive running back, 5'11", 187. He's already a strong three star on twenty four seven. He's a top forty overall running back in the country. He's got Arkansas, Colorado, Louisville, Memphis, Tulane. So he's got some options. Vanderbilt's also entered the fold with him. But SMU gets in there and, and goes ahead and they offered him. And, and I like the offer. I like the, the, the aggressive nature that, that SMU kind of continues to go with in, in New Orleans, in the, in the Louisiana area. I think with the success that they've had and, and word getting out that SMU obviously is playing really well and, and Donald Clay being on the roster, who's who's one of the more, I think, well-known prospects coming out of the New Orleans area. Like if you follow the New Orleans 
recruiting scene, everybody knew who Duck was for, for a long, long time. So um, I think they'll kind of be able to build off that. And, and look, we've talked about Kari Coleman. He's still out there. He's somebody that, yeah, I think SMU is, is certainly in a decent spot for and, and could end up uh, you know, landing. And, and that's, that's, that would be a huge flip. Uh, somebody that I think can end up as a, as a strong three-star, uh, you know, getting a, a late bump just because his senior film is so impressive. Um, so I like the offer, Logan Diggs. You know, Chris Brassfield offered him personally, and uh, we'll kind of see where things go from there. But And if you're a running back, too, I mean, how can you not be impressed with, with how SMU's run the football with Xavier Jones and, and Kamen Freeman? As of late, Kamen's been really, really strong. So, um, And that's something that Monte Dawson, who SMU also offered out of the 2021 ranks, brought up to me he said look this is you know it's been fun to see the way they've been able to run the football with with Xavier Jones this season and he's been impressed and now Dawson's a little bit different he's 5'7 165 he's an absolute burner he's been verified in a 10 6 7 100 meter he's a he's a full-blown track guy uh, as well and and has just been on the radar for a long time he's district newcomer of the year as a true freshman I say true freshman as a freshman um uh, Timberview. So I think for, for SMU, they need a lot of speed. That's something they've always tended to recruit and, and pick one guy, one or two guys in each class that are, that are kind of burners. And, you know, while he's 2021, they don't really have that burner yet. Um, well, they do in Raylan Sharp, but um, they don't have that skit. Like they don't have that running back or that skill guy that they've kind of taken like Ulysses Bentley uh, in, in the 2020, in the 2019 class. They don't have that just yet. Um, but in 2021, they've identified a few that, that they've already extended offers to. Dawson was watched by Sonny Dykes against Highland Park when when their season ended. So the first round of the playoffs when Mansfield lost to Highland Park, I think it was the first round. And Dawson took the opening kickoff back 97 yards. He was, he was kind of limited overall, rushing the football. Didn't have a great night, but look, I mean, it, he's he was impressive all season. And and certainly they knew what they were doing when they when they offered him. And so, look, impressive two offers there at the 2021 running back spot. And and uh, there's a lot of great options out there at 2021 and running back. And I, at this point, I don't think SMU is going to take a running back in the 2020 class. I think they're probably going to look transfer, look, look for somebody older to kind of balance out the roster. And we'll keep an eye on that. And we'll keep an eye on what their plans are and maybe a name or two that will surface during the process as they look to kind of round out that position as, as they're going to le- lose Xavier and lose Cayman. And you know, certainly you don't have an upperclassman that's really been somebody that you can rely on. And, and you've got two young running backs in TJ McDaniel and, and Ulysses Bentley that you love, but you've got to get some, some vet, a veteran voice in that room. I feel like that that's been productive somewhere else. So We'll keep an eye on that and and let you guys know what we hear. But with that, guys, we're going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. We're going to take your questions later on in the week. But I do want to let you know that we're going to have uh, Kevin Hudson, the head coach of SMU Soccer, three-peat AAC champs on the podcast later this week, as well as Grant Chen, the head men's tennis coach as well. We're, we're set to catch up with those two in the next couple days as you guys are listening to this. Get them on the pod want to hear about you know the, the NCAA tournament now for for men's soccer as well as 
you know, Grant Chen recruiting at an elite level, signed a five-star prospect and another four-star prospect in his fall signing class. So um, we're going to hear about those guys. And as Grant Chen enters uh, yet another season as SMU ten, uh, men's tennis coach, kind of get his thoughts as things uh, continue to kind of inch closer for him. So really looking forward to that. We'll be taking your questions uh, on the Pony Stampede board later this week for, for those editions of the podcast, as well as Preview Navy. Tons to do this week on the podcast. Glad you guys were here for this one and hope you guys return for the next ones. So with that, guys, have a great rest of the week. And thanks for listening to this edition of the Pony Stampede podcast.